All right, John, being an Angel fan this weekend is like riding the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland. <laughs> we go up and we go down and we go up and we go down. What a weekend series. We're going to talk about it. Plus, we'll update you on all the Halo news and John and I will answer all your fan questions. It's kind of like baseball therapy, except it won't cost you anything or maybe it'll just cost you a listen. <laughs> You're locked on with Mike and John and this is Locked on Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. And if you're watching on the video side, hi, <laughs> we would love for you to, to subscribe and you can click the bell on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You're locked on with Mike and John, the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Woo! Yeah, you weren't kidding about that roller coaster of a weekend. I know up, Guardians and Galaxies and down, is up and, and up, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And down. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we got a lot of news to get to to cover, and, and the series isn't even over yet. It finishes today. Right. <laughs> One more game today, baby. That's right. One more game. That's right. Do we have it in us? That's the question. I think so. I <laughs> do think, we have I it in us? I think we can do it. Listen, let's uh, let's recap what happened this last weekend. I'll start on Friday. Okay. We had some big news. Noah Syndergaard was actually uh, sick. Now, we don't know if it was the stomach bug or not, but he wasn't feeling good. And so Jimmy Herget was the opener yeah. on Friday. And good news, Fletch was back on Friday. And then... Joe Madden threw a new lineup at us. Brandon Marsh <laughs> batting second, yep. Shohei Otani batting fourth, and Rendon batting fifth. But someone who was in his regular position, uh, a guy named Taylor Ward, he leads the game off with a home run. Yeah, he does. And, and I love that when he did that, they're like, oh, stay hot. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just <laughs> killing it, bro. Um, but Otani followed with his fourth home run. But the thing I want to talk about, John, is Jimmy Herget. Yeah. Three innings, one hit, one run, two Ks. Great way to open the game. I don't know if you saw the interview before the game, or I'm sorry, after the game. He's, he was asked, hey, did you know that you were going to be the opener? And he said, nobody said anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so Gooby said that's probably the best way to open a game because you're just going to go out there. You hadn't thought about it. You're just going to pitch, and you're going to do what you can. And he looked really, really good. He reminds me of Brendan Donnelly mm. from the 2002 Angels. He's got that funky delivery and really settled in after giving up that run. And I appreciated his outing. And the bullpen, of course, was incredible. Yeah. Warren, Bradley, Loop, Tapera, Myers, and Rysel closed the game out. And the game highlight for me, John, was Mike Trout robbing Abreu of <laughs> extra bases with that leap that, hmm, it seemed a bit similar to a leap that I've seen a <laughs> few years ago in Baltimore. That one was a bit more dramatic, but this one was a great catch, and we got a big win on Friday night to move to 14 and 7. And as I talk about Friday night, doesn't it feel like it was like six weeks ago? Yeah, no kidding. It feels like it happened so long ago. Seriously. But we got a win, moved to 14 and 7, and that set us up for Saturday. Yeah, Saturday we had Matty V back on the call. It was good to have him in the broadcast booth. Santa Maria! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as he came back into the broadcast booth, we had a start from Jose Suarez he was on the mound, and he looked decent until the fifth. He got into 
a bit of a pickle because he left the game down four to nothing, gave up two home runs to Tim Anderson and Luis Robert, and Andrew Wance had to come in and shut it down. He shut it down immediately. I was very impressed with what he was able to do. And of course, that rain delay was what disrupted the the game and so they they were gone I, I want to say almost an hour it looked like it was about and it felt like it was about an hour yeah. it, it, and then when they came back did it feel like they were just trying to get the game in it really did feel like they just wanted to get it over with I had a, a everybody was having a good laugh about Vince Velasquez on the mound and Trout at the plate when they called the that delay was great. They, they were like let's keep playing yeah. come on that was great but what was it about Vince Velasquez who is traditionally not the greatest starter is it just one of those games where just the angels have no offense and he's just having the best game of his entire career against the hard-hitting angels it's just we always yeah. seem to run into that guy who's struggling well on we the always seem to make somebody like that into cy young yeah, right you exactly. talked about that on the pod before <laughs> suddenly they look like greg maddox or they look like cy young and we're like who is this guy where'd he come from he's never had an era below i think four five right and we made him look like an incredible pitcher on Saturday, but I think a part of that was they were trying to get the game in, and a part of that is the Angels' offense just was not looking good on Saturday. Yeah, especially the uh, the one through five, which yes. is Taylor Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon, and, and Brandon Marsh, who, by the way, had that strike three call in the uh, eighth inning that was completely frustrating. The yeah. fact that the bases would have been loaded for Mike Trout, it would have turned that game on its side, possibly. At least we would have sure. come back with a few runs. And for the umpire to take the bat out of Trout's hand with the bases loaded was just awful. And in fact, I saw the umpire scorecard for that game, and it was in favor of the White Sox by 1.22 runs. So <laughs> they were favored all throughout that game. And the number one pitch that caused a difference and favor toward the White Sox was that called strike three that was way off the plate it was in the other batter's box <laughs> it was terrible it was a terrible call and high five to Brandon Marsh because he was respectful but he stood in front of the ump and he said that was outside yeah yeah that was out sir that was outside <laughs> there were a lot of people that were like where's Joe Madden and it, it, they didn't show it on camera but there were pictures afterward that Joe Madden also went out there and had yeah. a uh, quote-unquote discussion with the umpire so <laughs> Uh, Sir. <laughs> it was after Brandon was able to get his words in and then Joe came in. So it was good to see Joe standing up for those guys. But then, man, yeah. how about Sunday? Tell us about Sunday. Well, okay, so the game was over, right? right. <laughs> it was over in the ninth. It was 6 nothing. We were cruising, looked good. And I was getting home. I was at church, getting home from church, turned the game on. Woo, look at us. We're looking great. Lorenzen, oh my gosh, you look fantastic. And then... I, I ran in to get something to drink and came back out and I'm like, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> six five. <laughs> it was six five, right? So let's let's talk about Lorenzo yeah, for a moment. Let's Eight talk and third, him. three runs, nine hits, two walks, two Ks. A lot of those offensive numbers came in that last inning. Right. It looked like he just was tired and and was not fooling anybody. And and so then that ninth inning for the White Sox, man, six hits. They had a walk. They had a hit batter in the ninth. Yeah. You bring in Rysel, yeah. and we were expecting the door to be closed, sure. but he struggled. And Madden made the move, which I appreciated. And Rysel was fired up and he was slamming his glove in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> and so Ryan Tapera comes in and I was nervous, but he shut it down he shut and it he, down. he got the save. So, man, I, I really think, though, games like this, 
are actually really helpful for the angels yeah. because it showed their grittiness, it showed their toughness, True. and we 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 have to win games like this, right? right? It's not always going to go easy for us, and so I was actually really thankful that we won, but also I feel like it's a good thing that we won. Yeah, Michael Lorenzen coming back out for the ninth was pretty cool because we're used to seeing Joe Madden pull those starters, and so to give him the opportunity for the complete game was was great, and who would have expected Michael Lorenzen to be in line for a complete game, but I did right. hear afterward that Matty V and Gooby made a point to say, hey, it's been like 25 minutes, 27 minutes since Michael Lorenzen's last oh, pitch, and yeah. so to come back out for the ninth, I mean, it's 50-something degrees at start time, and yeah. for him to come back out in the ninth and not have enough time to stay warm, and or I guess it was too much time for him to stay warm. So sure. Well, I think that was rhythm part of matters. The issue. Yeah, and his yeah, rhythm, rhythm was matters. off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know these guys are all about rhythm. They're all about control. They're all about all the the things that you have yeah. to do as a ball player. Routine, right? Routine. That's what I'm looking for. And and he didn't have that. And then having having to sit for as long as he did, and then coming back out there, I was bummed because I would have loved to have seen oh, him. Oh yeah knock it out and and good on him man being a bullpen guy and now he's a full-time starter absolutely what and what a, what an asset he's been to our rotation he said after the game in the interview that he felt bad for the bullpen guys because he's been a bullpen guy and he said I felt bad for Rysel he should have never been in that situation because I should have gotten the complete game and I thought him. that was really cool to hear him say that and it just goes to show the cohesiveness of this team to pick each other up and say, Hey, yep. that one is on me. I'm wearing that one. And, and just a humble guy, especially after eight and a, eight and a third, like, man, what a, what a stud. Yeah. <laughs> Biceps Lorenzen, man. What a, what a great guy. Hey, couple quick notes. Trout had a home run, three RBIs, three walks, Ooh. two for two. And, and who's I mean, calling him remarkable. overrated in the White Sox fandom? Come on. Please. Give me a break. Yeah. I wanted to just reach into the radio and reach into the TV and smack some faces. I was going into dad mode for a minute. Right. And then, of course, Taylor Ward, stay hot. He's got two more hits today mm-hmm. on, on Sunday and and looked great leading off. So that was uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Angels so far taking two out of three. Yeah, and, and for today's game, we're going to see Patrick Sandoval versus boy. Dylan Cease. And then we head off to Boston for three. Yep. So we we are playing one Sox, and then we're playing the other Sox. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be the end of the road trip. And then we'll see the Nationals come to town this weekend. Go on Friday to the game because you get that sweet Rendon shirt uh, as a giveaway. So I think I might try to get some tickets for that one because I really want that shirt. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. What a weekend. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to open up the Halo fan mailbag. We're going to answer all of your questions. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. Check out betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and, of course, Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get recaps of MLB games with analysis from local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we covered what's happened so far in this weekend series against the White Sox, but there were 
a lot of news and notes to come out of this yeah. weekend. In yeah. fact, even on Sunday, there was uh, something that happened with Shohei Otani. Uh, it looked like as he was running from first to second that he had a groin pull or a groin strain, so he came out of the game. Fortunately, Jack Mayfield came in to pinch hit and uh, was able to get a hit there, a clutch hit, so that was pretty great to see. He had just been sent down but then came back up as they right. as they moved Suarez. So uh, with Shohei Otani, it seems like he would want to be back today. And if he's not, who's going to DH for you? Is it Trout? Is it Adele? Is it Mayfield? What do you think, Mike? Well, you know, Madden did say he's playing a little bit more cautious. Uh, Otani said, I'll be in there today. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens when the lineups get released. And, and for me, if it's not Otani, I think that I'm going to DH Trout. I think getting him mm. off of his legs and letting him just hit for at least one game, you still have his bat in the lineup. And then you can get Adele in the lineup and put Marsh in center field. Yeah. I think that that is our best lineup without Otani in there. What do you think? I agree with that. There's something about Trout, though, that seems to me that he loves playing center field and hitting in the same game. And That's he true. always just seems to perform better than when he's doing one of, of just hitting when he's a DH. So I don't know if there's yeah. something to that or not. Uh, I, I mean, he's great no matter what he does. But if you do want to get him off his feet, I think that putting Adele in left, Marsh in center, Ward in right is a great option there absolutely yeah. something about staying engaged i think, I think being in right. the field and then also hitting so uh, other news that came out jose suarez was sent down did you see that i John? did see that yeah and and kenny rosenberg kenny, kenny came up <laughs> yeah, he was called to replace him suarez really hasn't been the guy that he was yeah. last year and and i think and maybe this is a conversation we can have later or we can have right now but i think that he actually might thrive if we have to put him in the bullpen and maybe mm. a long reliever piece he did that well last year although then he started and and looked really good now here's the question we don't need a sixth starter until friday mm-hmm. Um, and so my question to you would be like, so who is that? Do you think it's going to be somebody like Berea or is it a bullpen game? And any news on Griffin Canning? Because I know that he has been throwing a bit, but it doesn't sound like he's ready. So who do you who do you think might be the, in there on Friday? I don't think Griffin Canning will be back in probably until June or early July. But he okay. is somebody that everyone is kind of sleeping on and forgetting about. And I think yeah. that with this struggle of of Jose Suarez, I think people are starting to remember like, oh, we do have Griffin Canning, don't worry. We got another guy. <laughs> We're not used to it, right? <laughs> Berea is always an option as a starter. Yeah. He can give you a few innings to open the game. And we've seen him start before. In fact, I think his 2018 season was the best pitching performance on the team that season. He had a great season. Yeah, 10 and 9, I think, that year. But he also ate up some innings this weekend, which was great. We really needed that. And he looks pretty confident in the role that they have him in right now. Yeah, definitely. So I I suppose you could bring up one of Jansen Junk. I think that he could be a a potential starter. Uh, Remember, you and I were at that Mariners-Angels game late last season when Jaime started. He got hurt, and Jonathan Diaz came in and pitched eight innings strong so I think Looks Jonathan fantastic. Diaz yeah. could also be an option and his numbers starter. in AAA have actually been really really good have this it. year right too. on right yeah. on they've been strong so with Suarez it's just a matter of his, his stuff ha- does not have the swing and miss percentage that it had last season yeah. and they were talking about that on the broadcast and I love listening to Mark Gubiza because he always has such great insight but he said uh, a big contributing factor of that is the fact that Suarez is not getting ahead in counts. He's constantly right. falling behind. Therefore, if you throw your change up outside the zone, 
there's no reason for a hitter to go chasing after it. And so ah. if he wants to get more swings and misses on his changeup, which, which is a very good changeup, including his, his curveball as well, is also very good. Suarez needs to get ahead in counts, and he needs to be up against those hitters to give them a reason to chase. And I think that's why his chase rate and swing and miss rate is down this season. So hopefully the, Man, he can be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he can go down to triple a and work on that, which is exactly what this is about. It wasn't a demotion. Yeah. It was, Hey, go work on some stuff and, and we'll bring you back as soon as you're ready. And that's what I heard Madden say too. He's like, this isn't a bad thing. He's going to be able to work on some things while he's there and then he'll be back. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of speaking of guys who went down, Matt Duffy went on the injured list and Jack, Mayf- Danny Duffy, Danny Duffy. Is it a Danny Duffy? It's Matt Duffy. It's Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy. I put Danny Duffy in my notes. Sorry, I got thrown off. (laughs) That's right. It's Matt Duffy. (laughs) Matt Duffy, Michael. Maybe I'll just shut up and let you talk. (laughs) (laughs) He went on the injured list, and Jack Mayfield was called up. And this actually gives Walsh more time to be in the lineup against lefties because that is always a good thing to have Walsh in your lineup. Uh, and even though the tradition is that he struggles against lefties, I think you got you got to put Walsh in there every day. That oh, defense I think so. at first oh, is just unmatched too, and you can't get better than Walsh at first base. Uh, Mayfield and, and Kenny Rosenberg are on the taxi squad, so that's why they were able to return so quickly. Um, Matt Tice is also on the tax, taxi squad, but he has yet to be called up. That poor guy. I think he's just always <laughs> hanging on by a thread and, and waiting for his chance, and we'll see if they yeah. uh, make use of him coming up here. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say uh, Thice and uh, Taxi in the same yeah, sentence. no kidding. And apparently it's hard for me to say uh, Danny and Matt in the same <laughs> sentence, <Duffy>. too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Uh, so Noah Syndergaard, actually, we know he missed his start on Friday. So Madden said he's actually going to start against the Red Sox on Tuesday mm-hmm. in that first game. So it'll be great to see him back, and I'm glad that he's healthy. Absolutely. And then the sad news, uh, we saw that Archie Bradley had to go on the IL with abdominal strain. I think this cold weather really got to the Halos this weekend. Sure. Because sure. Archie Bradley was warming up on Friday, and then Saturday we got the news that he was uh, taken down. So Elvis Peguero was going to take his spot, but then he was optioned right back down on, on yeah. Sunday night along with Andrew Wance. And so the rosters had to drop from 28 to 26. So now that those guys are not in the bullpen what's it going to look like is it going to be Ortega or Myers then Tapera, Loop, Rysel how would you line those guys up if it were you Mike I, I think that I would stick with Tapera, Loop and Rysel yeah. and I think Ollie Ortega has has won over the Angels at the least guy. he's won over this fan right and, and Mike Myers it looks like he's still trying to figure some things out yeah. he struggled a bit this weekend um, I think that his spot is a spot where the game is either tied or we're down by a couple of runs sure. and he's got to hold it. That seems to be where he's been most successful. Yeah. And and I would put him in that role because Ortega feels like a guy that actually is holding a lead for us and passing the baton to those three guys to pair at loop and Rysel. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think that if you, if you put him in those situations where he's ahead and – and he's, it just seems like he's going to walk the bases loaded, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that guy, mm-hmm. he needs one objective and one objective only. And I think to hold a game or, or when they're down and they need to make a comeback, I think that you hit the nail on the head there. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting how they handle the bullpen situation with those guys out. But so far, so good. And let's keep on rolling into Boston and take that strong bullpen with us. Hey, 
So this episode of Locked on Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. I have the best in-laws in the world, Mike. My mother and father-in-law. That's true. (laughs) You've met them. (laughs) They're fantastic. My father-in-law, Alan, reached out to me. He said, hey, I used your code and got 15% off Built Bar. I just had to try them. So he is loving Built Bars. He says that they're delicious. He had one. He loves to play tennis. And so he had one before... He went to go play and said he felt energized and felt great. And here's why. It's a low-calorie, high-protein bar, great for replacing candy bars. And the good news is you don't have to feel bad about having one because they are better tasting than candy bars, and they're better for you. Most candy bars are going to be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but most Built Bars are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. They're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first. And then they figure out how to make it healthy, and my father-in-law can attest to that because he got the vari- from he got the for- the variety pack. Not a boy. The built bars have great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. New for this month, this is the one I gotta try: white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. And if you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat. Covered in 100% real chocolate, not the fake stuff. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. And if you can't decide on Mm. the bars or the puffs, do what my father-in-law Alan did. Get yourself 12 flavors with a mix of bars and puffs. Do the mix box. That's the way to go. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order Promo code LOCKED15 will get you 15% off at Built.com. Get yourself a Built Bar today. All right, Mike. So we had a couple of comments given to us over our voicemail line, which if you have not given us a call, you can reach out to us at 714-409-6396. Leave your name, where you're from, and your message for us, and we'll be sure to put it on the podcast. And we actually have one right now that I'm going to play. Are you ready for this one? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Hey, Manny here. Uh, I'm calling from Diamond Bar. Uh, But the one thing I wanted to touch on is uh, I wish Joe Madden would do a better job of instilling confidence in our pitchers, Uh, whether it's uh, Austin Warren, the base is loaded, or whether it's – Syndergaard, you know, and these pitchers, they want to stay in the game. They want to go far, but we just don't do not understand why he wants to pull them so quick. You know, last year, I felt like he was doing a good job of trying to build confidence in our pitchers, but it kind of sucked because, you know, we weren't winning last year like, you know, we hoped to be, especially this season. And the only reason why he was trying to do that last season was because, you know, we knew there was no playoffs at a certain point. So that's why he kind of let uh, you know Suarez go and pitch a full game, um, and I'm just not sure why uh, he's not doing that this season. Maybe it's because we have a chance of winning, and he doesn't want to jeopardize losing the game, or you know. And moments like this are stepping stones for the future for the whole season. If you make me walk this guy, like, like what does that say of your belief and confidence in me, and like? What does that do for a pitcher like Warren, you know, who's a young guy and he has great potential, but Joe Madden has this short leash that, you know, we don't know where that came from. 
So if you could just touch on that, that'd be great. Um, hopefully I didn't go on and on too much. So thank you so much. Manny, thank you for the call. Manny from Diamond Bar. We really appreciate that. And uh, congrats on being our first voicemail message Heck yeah. uh, for the uh, Super Halo Bros era of Locked on Angels. Manny, you make a good point. I think this voicemail came in earlier in the week when you and I, Mike, were frustrated with the fact that Joe Madden was pulling guys way too soon and just making really interesting decisions when it came to when to take a starter out and when to bring in a bullpen guy and when to pull them. And it was like, let him finish the inning, Joe. And we saw the frustration yeah. from Noah Syndergaard. So we touched on that last week, but Manny brought up a good point. One, you want to instill confidence in your young pitchers. But two, because of the pressure to win this season and the team that we have who's 100% healthy, I know that we've got some some 10-day IL stuff going on right now, but, sure. but you think about Trout, Otani, Rendon, all those guys are doing really well and staying healthy. I think there's a pressure on Joe Madden to win now, and in some senses, I think Joe Madden will overthink his decisions. I think that he tries to go to the bullpen when he thinks that it's necessary, but that doesn't give a starter a chance to finish an inning. However, then we have a game like Sunday where we see Lorenzen go eight strong and then go back out for that ninth, which is something that, by all accounts, I think all fans were excited about. And and then it had just been too long between innings for Lorenzen, and that's why we had kind of the blow-up that we did at the end. So I think that Joe Madden is coming around but also, I think that the reason why he's being overly cautious is because of the chance to win now. What do you think? I think if every pitcher responded the way that Cindergard responded the other night when Joe came to get him mm-hmm. in the game and he was upset, you could see that he was upset. Yeah. It was a uh, R-rated language that he used. <laughs> I think that every pitcher needs to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is, and, and on the radio, Mark Langston actually talked about this, with Suarez specifically, he's looking at the bullpen when he's or he's looking at the dugout when he's struggling, mm-hmm. and 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 Langston's like, "Stop looking over there, <laughs> stop looking," because if you do that, you're indicating that I'm ready to come out of this game, right. and these guys need to exude confidence in Joe. So I think it's a give or take. I think you're right; it's about winning, but I also think that these guys need to exude a confidence of like. You stay there, I'm going to be just fine. I remember a right. few years ago when Joe Torre was managing the Yankees and Mike Mussina was on the mound. Mm-hmm. Mussina looked at him as Joe was coming out of the dugout and Mussina went, go, sit down. No, you <laughs> sit down. And, and, and Joe's like, okay, and puts his hands up and says, all right. That's what we need from our yeah. pitchers. I'm going to get yeah. out of this inning. I'm going to figure this out, and everything's going to be okay. You saw more of that this weekend, and I think our pitchers need to do that more and more so that Joe knows that they've got it, and they're going to figure it out. Absolutely. Let's go to another question. This one is from Twitter. More of a comment, but wanted us to respond from Emmanuel. He said, it might just be me, but I feel like there are positives to be taken away from today's Sunday, today's struggle with Iglesias personally for him. Long-term season-wise, I think it will be a strong turning point. I like that thought there. Uh, You saw that clip of Rysel Iglesias throwing his glove down in the dugout because he was ticked off and couldn't get out of that that situation. And everyone said, I love that. That's the fire that's missing from this team. That's the fire we need to see. 
and we and when situations come up where we aren't successful, it's okay to get mad about it. I think people were mostly freaking out because they saw it was his pitching hand coming down uh, in the dugout. <laughs> oh, stop it! But I, I I noticed it too, and I said I think he has a glove in his hand. I think he's slapping his glove yeah. because I was worried yeah. too. I was like, is he punching something? But he it looked like he had something in his hand. But what do you what do you make of what happened today with Rysel and and how the Angels were able to hold on? Uh, to that game on Sunday. Best part about the day was that he didn't blow the save, right? They didn't yeah, lose, right? And he didn't blow the save. It's a W at the end of the day. Yeah, Tapera <laughs> came in and locked it down. My favorite moment though was right after Rysel banged his glove, and then the Angels got out of the inning and won the game. Lorenzen mm-hmm. walked over to him and gave him a hug, and and mm-hmm. then they jumped over the, the railing and then they celebrated. I think that you right. see this team camaraderie, you see the support of each other, and you know that Rysel is bummed because this is a winning team. He was great last year. Now he gets to be great mm-hmm. on a winning team, and he hasn't ever had that. And so I think yeah. that that's what you're going to see moving forward. And so I love it. I'm with Angel fans. I think it's fantastic, and I want to see that fire because these guys they really want to win. They do. They really do, and that shows in the way that they're playing the game right now. All right, let's go to one more voicemail before we wrap up this edition of Locked On Angels. Let's go. Hey, guys. Um, great job taking over the podcast. Uh, it's probably the best job we've done or we've seen since uh, uh, Steve hosted the podcast, and that's fantastic. Um, Mike's from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, but from California, uh, after the Air Force, and uh, just really glad to see our Halos doing as well as they're doing. Question for you. I know going into the season, everybody was saying that we needed at least one more starting pitcher. You guys still agree with that? And if so, do you think that that's going to actually take place the next couple months before the trade deadline? Uh, appreciate to hear your guys' answer. Keep up the great work. Go Halos. Bye. Mike from Albuquerque, thanks for calling in to the voicemail line, and thank you for your service. We really yeah. appreciate it. Sounds like you got your hands full. I there felt a lot of dad energy there. I don't know if you felt that. <laughs> Man, he's taking care of the country, and he's taking care of his kids. We salute That's you, Mike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that seeing what happened with Suarez kind of proves that the Angels could have used another solid sure. starter, whether it could have been Carlos Rodon or Alex Cobb, who both ended up with the Giants. Darn Giants. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of pitching out there, and it would have been nice to have at least one more. But I will say that Suarez is exactly the kind of guy who is a number six, who is a number yes. five, right? Even of the best teams. I think back to some of those teams like with Jared Weaver and Dan Heron and C.J. Wilson. You know who the number five guy was? Jerome Williams. Yes, that's and Jerome right. Jerome Williams was not. <laughs> yeah, he was not Weaver. He was not Heron. He wasn't Wilson. He wasn't Irvin Santana. He was a perfect number five. And I think that we have our perfect number fives in Reed Detmers and Jose Suarez. And I think that we have guys in the minors who can come up and be a perfect number five or six. Now, to answer that starting pitching question, and if we're going to trade for somebody, absolutely, 100%, we should be in the conversation for a trade by the deadline, whether I think it's it's somebody like a Frankie Montas. We saw the great Orioles pitching over last weekend that dominated us and caused yeah, us to yeah. not hit well. There are options out there, and depending on who's in contention and who's not, I think that we need to wait a little bit longer before we start looking at other teams' starting pitchers and going, mm, maybe they would be willing to give it up. I mean, Cincinnati is three, they have three wins right now. Yeah. And they, if they need to cut Luis Castillo loose, I think now is the time more than ever to do that. And so he is always a potential target for the Halos. Uh, but I do think that we need to wait probably until mid-June 
because this team is firing on all cylinders. And if, if one starting pitcher is going to be what holds them back, you can bet that Perry Manassian is going to be making some moves. What do you think, Mike? I think we need somebody that can slot in, that can either slot in behind Syndergaard or move mm-hmm. Syndergaard and maybe even Otani down one slot. Like, I think we need to get somebody that can make us a three-headed monster where you are mm. intimidated by those three arms, Syndergaard, Otani, and that other person. I watched Max Scherzer's pitch on Sunday night, and mm-hmm. this guy, he didn't have a great game, but he grinded and the Mets won. And so somebody yeah. like that is is somebody that we need because we saw the benefit of having Syndergaard on our team. I think we need somebody that slots into the one, two, or three position. But you're right. It's still early. I think it's early to make decisions on who that might be. But if it is like a Frankie Montas, man, I think that we're going to be dangerous down the stretch. Look at the Braves. They won it all last season with basically three starting pitchers yeah. through that World Series. Yeah. And, and it was like Max Freed and like a couple other guys. And I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but who got hurt, uh, I think in game one of the World Series and pitched with a hurt leg. And then he, he wasn't in the rest of the series. Right. And they pulled it off because they just had dominant pitching from their starters. Yep. It was like three guys. And then their bullpen, man, their yeah. bullpen were the stars of the show. So I really think that it would be good for us to wait and see and see which teams are struggling and going to be willing to trade with the Angels come summertime. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast is a great second listen hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully. He brings his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, don't forget to give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter. And you can follow Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow? Tomorrow on Locked on Angels, we're going to ask this question. Are the experts wrong about the Angels minor league system? John and I actually think so, and we'll tell you why tomorrow. All right. We can't wait for that conversation until tomorrow. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. And we'll see you right here tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Thank you very much.